show this week. So I leave you in the very capable hands of El Jefe, Moses Marquez, to take it to the max. You're listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. It's time to take it to the max! Hey yo, it's Thursday and you know what that means. Welcome to episode 367 of the Captain Mo Show, even though we're missing the cap. And it's your man LFA speaking, and welcome to the seventh anniversary of Max Wrestling. As you can tell, I am here what they call Solo Jones, as um, there are some very big things brewing for the cap today. But uh, before I get into that, let's talk about the lineage real quick. Of Max Wrestling. And this time, we have had a total of 26 different champions. Champion, champions, seven different championships. That's right. Two of which are no longer active. 36 special events, 58 trivia contests, 150 promo bouts, 66 guests. Six of them became regular co-hosts. As you've heard, 367 episodes, including this week. A wild ride, indeed. A special thank you to a handsome fellow like me. You know, Travis the Walker Anderson, Michael Larkin, the man, the podcast machine, Evan Money McCabe, Roxy Toxic, and everyone that has played such a key role in making Max Wrestling what it is today. And of course, to the co founder whose ass I shall kick next week. And of course, this is written by Daz for those of you who cannot tell by now. Taking over a little bit of his duties of reading some of his writing right off the bat. And he claims to kick the co-founder's ass next week. And that co-founder was the Phoenix. So thank you all for being a part of history. And for those pillars of Max Wrestling, Kenny Killa, Emir, Black Bane Costello, the Demoness, the list goes on and on and on and on. But before I get into this top story for the histories or whatever the, the, the this day in history's top story whatever the fuck today's real top story and i had pre-mentioned it when i got on here is the reason why my man daz isn't here today the reason why cap isn't here today today he became a father today him and his beautiful wife brought in a sweet innocent adorable baby girl 
And quite honestly, that's a hundred times more important than doing this show. So Solo Jones is what you're getting from me. Huge congratulations to Daz. May your nights be sleepful and may she eat all day. Because as a dad, trust me, they gonna eat every couple hours. But you know what? They that's uh that's the way life goes. And how did I learn that? I learned that via history, baby. History repeats itself. So this is This Week in Wrestling History. All right. So this week in wrestling history, again, I'm going off of stuff that's pre-listed from Daz. I will add some birthdays into this, and then uh, we'll get to some uh, more news throughout the wrestling world. Yeah, we're going to do it a little different than normal today. But this week in wrestling history, uh, on the 19th, back in 2011, March 19, 2011, at the Manhattan Mayhem 4, Eddie Edwards defeated... Roderick Strong to win the Ring of Honor World title. See, back in the day, Ring of Honor was the shit, boy. I tell you what. If you did not watch any, I want to say, say like pre-2015 Ring of Honor, you need to go out of your way and do it. When Jim Cornette was there, when Kevin Steen was there, El Generico, Davey Richards, it was a different feel. Um, I always compared... Kevin Steen's uh, ending run in ROH uh, to a lot like a Stone Cold. A lot like a Stone Cold. Uh, so you can absolutely check that out. March 19th, back in 2001, on Raw, the WWE Tag Team titles changed hands twice in one night as Edge and Christian defeated the Hardy Boys before losing later that night to a different set of boys, the Dudley Boys. Ah, uh, here we go. This is that history you all should understand and do your research on. March 20th, 1984. At New, Ze- at a New Zealand house show, Harley Race defeated Ric Flair for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. He later then lost it back, I believe, three days later out of a house show in Singapore. Because, you know, you got to trade the belt internationally. That's how, you garnered, that's how you garnered attention back then. You kept that feud going. And what way to keep the feud going then, you know, more matches. Back and forth wins. Not 50-50, but, you know, evenly matches. And, you know, you're telling me Harley Race and Ric Flair didn't have a good match? You're telling me Harley Race and Ric Flair didn't have a good match? I'll watch that match 100 times over. I'll watch it in Singapore. I'll watch it in Bangkok. I'll watch it in, in Hong Kong and Ding Dong and Lang Ding, whatever. I'm making up names. March 20th. 1994, WrestleMania 10, one of the absolute classic WrestleManias of all time. Open with a classic brother versus brother match, Owen versus Brett. I still say Owen is the better heart, and there's a lot of people that will agree with me on this one. Macho Man also defeated Crush in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Fucking Crush. I don't miss that guy. Alundra Blaze def- uh, defended the women's world championship against uh, Leona Kay. I, think, I don't remember like any real women outside of Alundra Blaze in the WWF besides like Elizabeth and uh, Sister Sherry. No, not Sister Sherry. Pause. Uh, my 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 retro mind blended. Oh my god! Did 
<laughs> the retro retros blend. Um, scary Sherry. Jesus. Uh, this is what happens when you watch retros for a while. And, or have not watched retros for a while. Then you start getting back on retros. And then you're like, oh my god, this person was here. This person did. And it just brain scramble. Brain scramble. Uh... Also, WrestleMania 10, there was that outside venue. I want to say that was like San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if not, no, I think it was at Vegas. Caesars Palace, I think. Something like that. Um, Nogozuna defeated or defended the WWF at the time championship against Lex Luger before losing the title to Bret Hart. And then, of course, uh, we had the legendary ladder match. No, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of the... I'm, I don't understand why I just got confused. I think that one's 11. This is the outside one I just got confused with. The one where Hogan pops out of the fucking stands with a fucking absolute black ass eye and just gives the people what they want, I guess. I don't. I still never really understood the whole idea of like, hey, I'll just show up and win the belt because I'm fucking Hulk Hogan. But he's fucking Hulk Hogan. So. Uh, and then, of course, you had the absolute legendary, uh, undisputed IC title ladder match, Sean and Razor. I want to say technically this was like the first ladder match in history. So let's get into some birthdays. All right. EC3 turns 39. Mike Quackenbush turns 46. Rick Martell, Rick the Model Martell, turns 66. AJ Lee turns 35. Jimmy Havoc turns 38. Matt Seidel turns 39. Taichi, 42. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Cord, Cord, Cordeas. Cord, I, wow. I'm his, of Hispanic descent. And I have no idea who this person is. He turns 60. Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor World Champion, turns 34. Let's go through some other ones that I thought I had pulled up today Lacey Evans I want to say she turned a whopping 31 years old or 32 years old uh we also have Christopher Daniels's birthday today well he's a young fella I won't tell you how old he is today also you gotta put on the list Barry Hollowitz his birthday also today lots of great birthdays today and you gotta finish it with the man, the myth, the legend. He's not necessarily a myth nor a legend. Or no, he's a legend. Absolute, almost icon, if you will. The Undertaker, Mark Coleman. Not Mark Coleman. Oh, my Lord. Mark Calloway. You see what happens when you literally do all kinds of research at four in the morning and then you decide to jump on a radio show and just start rambling about nonsense? Also, it would have been gorgeous George's like a hundred and something birthday. He was born back in 1915 on this day. <laughs> he passed back, I believe, 80-something. Let's see here. We want to add to the list. Da, 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 da. Hiroshi Tenzan. His birthday was yesterday. Congratul or happy birthday to Hiroshi Tenzan. B. Priestley, March 22nd. Ray Gordy, also March 22nd. Some people are like, oh, my God, Ray Gordy. Some people are like, who the fuck is Ray Cordy? Oh, Lord. I'll let you guys scramble for that one. Uh, Viano numero cinco. Um, you guys aren't going to know him. I just had to bring him up. And William Shatner. 
the fuck is William Shatner on this list? He's on this list. <sighs> William Shatner. Uh, let's see. For the 21st, we got... From the looks of it. Uh, oh, not this fucking nerd. Grayson Waller. Nobody gives a shit about that nerd. And then on the 20th, you got Matt Taven. You got... Casey James? Why does that name sound familiar? Casey James is your fucking birthday. Way to get a shout out on a show that nobody remembers you on. And then I believe that's what we got. On the 20th was the anniversary of the death of Big John Studd and Pedro Aguayo Jr., who I actually shared a birthday with, shockingly. So, yeah, that's this week in wrestling history. Sorry, it's not as exciting as times in the past. All right, so. Gotta get into, like, all of the stuff that's going on. And normally on this show, we tend to start right with the hot stuff, right with AEW, right with all the, oh, but this, oh, but that, oh, but this, oh, but that. Um, if I can say if there's any like big stories, it's Cody Rhodes's officially official officially officials official signings to the WWE, and uh, obviously how and when he's gonna show up. For those who follow on the TikTok, I've already explained my booking of him showing up. Maybe I should do that. And you know what? I should do that. So, let me finish these uh, quick top stories. So, again, we have Cody, full-blown signing. We are going to talk a little bit about The Undertaker and how he feels about the young generation and how these goddamn kids don't get over. And, well, he's not fucking wrong. And, honestly, that's... Oh, and AEW's new partner. And AEW's new partner. But first, I want to talk about the Cody news because that's probably the thing that's on everybody's mind. Cody Rhodes has officially signed with the WWE. People are like, what the fuck took so long? Was he just being, was he being a bitch? Was he, was he afraid? Was he, they were waiting for the big go show to stop airing. Like, that's it. Once he got the season finale, he was fucking signed. And he was there. Um, I don't want to say he was backstage. I've heard no in. I've heard nothing of him like hanging out backstage as of late or anything like that. So I'm not gonna go down that route and say that that's what's been going on. But I will admit that he, you know, he has been mentioned. I I hope this stays like I totally gigantic pause, but I hope this stays in the show. Got fucking text messages from Trav. <laughs> this was not meant to be a solo show, but it's gonna happen as a solo show. So again, Cody's with the E. The plan has been and still remains that he will take on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. A lot of people are like, why isn't the guy just, you know, debuting? Why don't I see him on Raw? Why don't I see him on SmackDown? Is he going to be at my house show? And the answer to those questions is no. And so it's like, are you really going to wait till Mania to pop this guy? 
Well, yeah. What the fuck else do you want him to do? If you give away the pop on free TV of a guy from the enemy company coming over, it, it's it's you know you're gonna lose its buzz, and that's not what the, what the E wants right now. The E wants all the buzz. Why do you think fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna be there? Why do you think Pat McAfee has a match on fucking WrestleMania? Because they need pop factor. They don't have any pop factor. And again, I allude back to the TikToks, the Max Wrestling UK cheap plug. And I I go and I exp- I'll, I'll explain my booking. So I kept as I just recently just said a second ago, like I, it's all about pop factor. It's about how can we garner that attention? You know, you have one star of the past in Texas. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Taker shows up just to fucking be Taker. You know what I mean? In Texas, it's in Texas. You know, but you have Stone Cold showing up, and he's going to do the KO show. And honestly, they've been building it great. I love how, uh, you know, KO came out with the fucking bald cap and the, the shorts and the knee braces and the whole, like, the whole nine. The whole nine. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. And I'm a guy that barely watches this product. You know, but again, we're talking pop factor here. That's pop factor. What what KO and what's and what Stone Cold are doing, that's pop factor. They're they're garnering enough attention to do so. And there's a lot of people that are just like, well, Seth's bitching and whining. Is this really the direction you're gonna give him? You know, why would you give him Cody if all he's gonna do is bitch and whine? So again, I I'm circling, circling, circling. I go back to my booking of debuting Cody Rhodes, and this is I'll just lay it out. Next week on Raw, Seth Rollins comes out. This is fucking bullshit. You know, uh, and like, have him be legit pissed. Like, you can you can bleep him. It's not a problem. You know, have him. I understand it's a kid show. You know, whatever. Fucking have cut the mic. I don't give a shit. But just like you need to have him throw a fit. You know, may, let him drop a it. You know, let him drop, uh, you know, bullshit again. I would prefer to, like, have you guys bleep say, you know, have him bleep say, this is fucking bullshit, but whatever. And as he's sitting there throwing his fit, all of a sudden, we hear a very familiar theme song, and it's the game. It's his old mentor. And he's coming out here, and he's trying to, like, dude, you need to pull yourself together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're the architect. You're, you know, you're Seth friggin' Rollins. Like, what the hell are you doing, dude? And... I don't have a WrestleMania match. Well, that's not true. You know, I got you one. You need to calm your ass down. And he'll, Triple H will walk up to the fucking ramp. And then he'll just tell him, oh, yeah, by the way, your match is against me. And the fucking crowd will be like, what the shit? You know, even though we know it'll be fucking Cody, this is a giant swerve. It garners the pop factor because you get a uh, legendary name like Triple H. Who is going to quote unquote claim to wrestle again, even though we know he's not? Don't start yelling at me. You're already yelling at your phone. Stop yelling at your phone. I get it. The guy had heart problems. Let me finish the goddamn booking before you rip my head apart. So, WrestleMania comes. Seth Friggin' Rollins with his goddamn crazy everything hits the ring. And he's smiling ear to ear. I got my WrestleMania moment. Here's my WrestleMania match. Da 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 da. All of a sudden, we hear Triple H's music hit. Right? 
it's time to play the game or you know probably like the king of kings probably do like the king of kings and out of the middle of the stage the middle of the stage op pups triple h's throne and there's a guy it's not as big as triple h sitting on the thing and he just so happens to have blonde hair and he's in the whole little robotic skeleton terminator crown gimmick and he takes it off, and all of a sudden you hear, you know, fucking royal family or whatever, and then my Bible says the whole nine. You know what I mean? Because he does own his music. So uh, if he doesn't use it, he's fucking earth. Even though I'm, I, uh, I have been hearing a lot of like closet uh, Cody, old school Cody marks that are just been like, whoa, they really want the fucking uh, dashing Cody Rhodes theme back. I don't hate that idea. I really don't, but uh, anyway, that's my way of debuting Cody Rhodes. It's a you know his way of rekindering that. Hey, remember when I fucking destroyed Triple H's throne? Yeah, well now I'm sitting on it, and it's kind of a middle finger to the to the, to the AEW fans. I mean, it's not an intentional middle finger, kind of is, but then again, we're talking about Vince McMahon here. So, anyway, I'm curious to, to know how you guys dig that. Um, but, yeah, I, Cody coming is Cody coming. I will gauge the situation and give judgment on the situation when and only when I truly see what he's going to bring. Right now, he's a name that's going to pop WrestleMania. But what are you doing after that, pal? I think it was Tony Schiavone and uh, one of the other dude. There was a podcast I was listening to, and uh, they were like, oh, well, you know, Cody shouldn't be champ right away. I'm like, is Cody going to be champ ever? Like, this guy signed here to hopefully be WWE champ one day, and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, that's my own personal opinion. The way they love Roman, the way they love Brock, the way they love... You know, I wasn't going to say fucking Lashley, but the reality is, is they really love Roman over everybody. And they already kind of plan to have Roman be the Hunthor of of this era. You know, he's literally beating dudes left and right. Nobody gains advantages on him. They have to bring back Brock Lesnar. <sighs> Hunthor, Hunthor. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Hunter 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 Hearst Helmsley Triple H's like Reign of Terror back in the day. I want to say it was like 0102. I'm probably wrong. JJ Dillon sued Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. JJ Dillon sued Kevin Sullivan for a seventy five hundred dollar loan that was not paid back. Uh I think to help buy a boat. If I'm not mistaken, a $1,500 boat. And this was on a fucking Judge Steve Harvey show on ABC. Um, I haven't seen it. This is all headline. I just think it's fucking hilarious. Wow. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to go find this episode and watch it. Cause I'm a little curious. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, I haven't seen Kevin Sullivan in a while, so... Nice to see him emerge from the depths, if you shall. 
Alright, before I get into more E! News, or actually AEW News, and we'll... Actually, no, no, we'll, f we'll go with WWE next, we'll finish with AEW. But uh, I do want to talk very quickly about the New Japan Cup. Some of you guys are curious about what's going down New Japan Cup. Right now, we're looking at the semifinals for the New Japan Cup, and the semifinals are Shingo Takagi versus Zack Sabre Jr., and then the other semifinal is Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. And right now, Okada is IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. If he wins his tournament, he can choose his opponent. I don't know if they'll do that. Gato is not one for ultimate shock factor. He's about booking that makes sense to him this might make sense it might make sense to have okada pick his own opponent you know maybe he picks a uh an abushi you know maybe he picks a john moxley maybe you know that's what i'm saying you know the, the think of the true possibilities especially now that guys can go over to japan it's it's worth it's worth rattling your brain over a little bit Think of a handful of guys. Think of like four or five guys that you would die to see go to Japan and wrestle Okada. I mean, they're going to lose. Obviously. But the idea is to go over there with the guy that quote-unquote made Kenny better, which is not true. He makes everybody better. And Okada. I, I, I love the idea already of a mox. I love the idea of a punk. I love the idea of B-Dry. Or Danielson, for those who are like, who the fuck is B-Dry? If you, if you don't know who B-Dry is, you're not listening to this show enough. And that's a shame. That's a shame. I can see a Jungie in the best of the Super Juniors. I can see Butcher and Blade or the Lucha, or, or, uh, the, the Lucha Bros in like... Super Tag League. The possibilities now are going to be so fucking endless. This is awesome. Absolutely love it. Alright, let's get into me shit. Starting with Taker. Gotta start with Taker. Uh, Taker currently feels like the product lacks a level of grit. And, like, people are like, the fuck you mean, man? In a, in a quote from The Undertaker, he says, I think things have changed. I can't say it's, you know, things have changed in wrestling. I think all sports. It's a different generation. Call it ev uh, evolution if you want. I don't think guys are... Leading the saving lifestyles that guys did in the past. And, of course, you know, he talked about the guys in the past. He said, when I came to the locker room, it was a lot different. It was pretty crusty. You drove everywhere, right? You didn't fly very often. Uh, so there were a few guys that, you know, there were a few guys that had knives in their bags, guns in their bags. It was a different, it was a different group of men back then. Not saying one's better or one's worse. Just saying things were different and things got settled in different ways. And I'm like, huh? And he goes on and on. And this interview can be found on YouTube uh, with the true uh, 
with the True Jordi podcast, episode 153. Cheap plug for that guy. You're welcome, some bitch. But again, I'll finish real quickly. Uh, Taker talks about Brock and says, when you watch Brock wrestle, you're interested because you know he's got his background. He's not only an amateur wrestler, professional wrestler, mixed martial artist. Brock doesn't do a bunch of crazy moves. Brock manhandles your ass. You get in there, you get thrown around, you get smashed. Roman has a little bit of that in him. And when he wants to, Randy has it as well. So, I mean... I think what Tank is trying to say here is... Guys just don't... I mean, I think Brock said it too. Guys don't want to get over. Or at least that's how it feels. You know what I mean? It feels like... These guys are here. They're going to do some cool moves. They're going to do what they need to do. They're going to get themselves over the best way they can, and that's it. And if they don't get over, they don't get over. But they're going to do their moves, and they're going to do you know they're they're going to get their shit in, as they say. He's not wrong. I mean, I don't understand what the fuck the difference is between dudes showing up driving on the road. Actually, you know what? No, I do understand it. You know, living on the road, living out of a suitcase. Kind of makes you a different person. You know what I mean? You don't have that fun luxury of getting on a plane, sleeping all the way there. You know what I mean? Guys in the back in the day would wrestle on five five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, three hours of sleep. You know what I mean? You got to party. You got to get your shit in. You got to make your money. So I, mean, I understand the different era. I understand all that. I just think it was a little weird, a little off-putting. But then again, a lot of these old school guys feel that way. A lot of these old school guys think that there's no way these new cats can hang or sh- or would have hung back then. And maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. God only knows. Big E. Got to talk about Big E, my man Big E. The happiest motherfucker I know ever. Well, I don't know him personally, but the happiest motherfucker I've ever fucking seen on on anything, on social media, on a, whatever, who had almost near a fucking... He could have died. He could have fucking died. Let's keep him mad, funky. And he's smiling, and he's, he's so grateful for life, and he's walking around his neighborhood with his neck brace on, and he's just the man. But he had his doctor look at his CT, at his uh, at his, fra- uh, his fractures on his uh, spine. C1 uh, is a fracture, and if it would have been a worse fracture, you know, he, he could have had a stroke, could have had paralysis, or, again, worse off, he could have died. But luckily, because he's so goddamn fucking strong, that neck of his is strong, he's all right. And, um... I don't know if that means he's coming back. I don't know. I just want this man to get healthy. That's all I care about. That's all he should care about. That's all you guys should care about. Get healthy. Probably the most successful night any one person has ever had on match wrestling. He ended the show with the television, knowledge, and the world championships. And in the very last moments, I ruined his night.
I must apologize. For not doing it sooner. I've been dropping hints for six months, if not longer. And Phoenix, keep your eyes open. Because I haven't forgot about you either. And as for you, Phoenix, I told you I haven't forgotten about you. Our paths will cross again soon. When you least expect it. I have plenty of unfinished business. The machine will have his night. And you never, you never, you never, never saw it coming. You took my world title. A title that was created for me by burning the shape alive at Promomania last year. It seems that some people never learn. The captain finally wants his title in a rematch of last year. You honestly think I didn't notice the spoilers? The seeds have been planted all year like infinity stones spread across the whole galaxy and you missed every single one. I didn't miss a damn thing. And now Mania season is upon us once again and this is that time of year where everyone starts pointing at the Mania sign but me, I'm going to point at my championship and say come and get it. So now here we are. Back where it all started on the road to Promomania. We've come full circle. One year on. Except this time, you're not facing the shape. There's not going to be any smoke and mirrors or magic tricks. You're facing a human being. Skin and bone. Last year you took the fight to the shape domain. This year, I'm bringing you the fight in the real world. Where all that matters is who's the toughest son of a... I need to issue an apology myself for not finishing the job last year. I didn't need the demon to burn the shape last year. I'm sure as hell I'm not going to need it to defeat the captain. Promomania 7 for the Match Wrestling World Championship. It's the Phoenix versus the captain in a cinematic sequel. And one thing you got to remember about sequels, the body count is always bigger. onto a plane, Phoenix. I would be the pilot, you would be the passenger. I am an innovator, you are an imitator. I am a leader, you are a follower. I did what I did at Podcast Promo Rumble 7, not because I was afraid to attack you face to face, not because I was afraid to look you in the eyes. I did it as a reminder. 
You've had such a meteoric rise these past 12 months. You've been so focused on winning title after title, on being the belt collector, you forgot to keep a pair of eyes in the back of your head. You've been so focused on reaching New York, you forgot about the icebergs. Now I know I've been somewhat of a bad guy recently, but trust me, nobody's perfect. The late great Scott Hall used to say, the last perfect person to walk this earth they nailed to a cross. There are Judases everywhere. Just remember one thing. You put yourself in this position to be the world champion. You put yourself in the firing line. All I'm doing is pulling the trigger. I'm sure you remember last year's Promomania very well. It was by far the greatest day the Phoenix has ever had on match wrestling. Retained the promo championship, won the world championship on the biggest show of the year. Phoenix's name was on everybody's lips. Possibly one of the biggest days of your life. For me, it was just a Thursday. It was just a normal day for me. Because it doesn't matter if it's the shape or the jester or just me. The captain is always in the conversation. Now you're probably asking yourself why I'm so hung up on that day if it was just another Thursday. Because Friday was different. The next day was different. The next week was different. Nothing has been the same since Promomania 6. And it's only in hindsight that I realized that. There's an old saying that I know you like so much. You've got to go through hell to get to heaven. Well, I've got to go through my one failure to get back to where I need to be. You heard me right, my one failure. You beat the shape. Never been done before, hasn't been done since. And ever since then, we've had some of the biggest names walk away. We've seen the implosion of the promo order. Hell, we've even seen the bitter end of the promo championship. Now I know I can't blame you for all of that, but I can damn sure trace my downward spiral back to that one moment where you lit the flame. In that moment, what you did was trample on the foundations that we built. Do you remember this? This was exactly seven years ago. The thumbnail to the very first episode of Max Wrestling. To everybody else, it was just Sunday. To me and you, it was March 22nd, 2015. The beginning of our legacy. A year ago, you burned our legacy to ashes. A month ago, you apologized for not finishing the job. Well, apology accepted. So allow me to finish it for you. Next week, at Promomania 7, it will be hell getting to heaven. And this is one phoenix that won't rise from the ashes. Well wishes and prayers out to my man Biggie. Gable Stevenson. 
will be at WrestleMania 38. He will become a regular very, very soon. People are like, why are you talking about Gabe Stevenson? Because Gabe Stevenson just won his second NCAA tournament. Second consecutive NCAA tournament. There's not many guys that do that. There was one other guy that did that. He goes by the name of the Brocky Brocks. Yeah. It's a big fucking deal to win this. Two-time NCAA World Heavyweight Champion. Or World Heavyweight Champion. Jesus Christ. Two-time NCAA Heavyweight Champion. Uh, also a gold medalist who's also considering going back in 2024. Now, I don't know how that goes. The way he would have to do it, he would have to be able to qualify for the trials. I don't see how they wouldn't allow him to qualify to the trials. And then he'd have to actually win the trials. And then, you know, he'd have the ability to, to go overseas. If, and only if, Vince is okay with that and there he very might be okay with it there's no guarantee yes or no if he is or isn't so but right now i love it i love it love gabe stevenson i love what he's gonna hopefully bring to this roster which is just a little sense of realism i'm hoping his time in the pc has done him well I'm hoping he's learning the craft. I don't expect him to, to grasp it and be as good as Kurt as quickly as Kurt was. But I hope that his transition is smooth. Look at Chad Gable, my man, the shush. You know what I mean? I think I think this could be I think I hated the move originally. I'm starting to get with it. Appeal to the fans. Make him Make him a fucking star, please. Please. Apparently, he's going to be used a lot. And lastly, WWE News. Uh, they're taking a page out of AEW's book, and Mania can be viewed in theaters. Because. Goddamn, AEW's doing shit we're supposed to do. Mainly, my guess. So, uh, no NXT this week. Didn't really watch any Raw. But you know what? None of that. None of that matters because you know what comes up? Not, not just next week. Next week may be WrestleMania, but there's a mania that's a little bit bigger and a little bit more important. And that's goddamn promo mania. It's coming to you next damn week. Oh, my Lord. All right, so card for the promo manias is as follows. Ring of Games is coming back for those who love the Ring of Games. Ring of Games is going to feature some outstanding knowledge competition from yours truly, me, Moses Marquez. I shall be entering the Ring of Games. I believe should be my man, the Cypher. Corey Coulter. And I also believe it's going to be Chad Malcolm. Believe Daniel Crimmins as well. And quite possibly Travis Walker Anderson. 
I'm literally spitballing here, folks. If I'm wrong, these graphics are going to look weird. And if they do, that's okay. It's tuning in is what matters. Knowledge, title, defense. Kenny Killa making his return to take on the Phoenix. Phoenix literally has his plate stacked higher than any restaurant you know after a dinner rush. Kenny Killer on one side. The Captain Dazzly's on the other side. Phoenix walking out with not a thing in his hand. But boot up his ass. Maybe even two. Speaking of boots and asses, ladies and gentlemen. It hasn't been answered yet. The open challenge still evades us. I have an open challenge for Promo Mania. Promo Exhibition. The gauntlet was thrown down. Nobody has answered yet. My training has been superb. I'm bigger, stronger, faster, more confident. Promo game is sharpened. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with me. I wouldn't want to go against me. So I understand why nobody's accepting this challenge. And that's okay. That's okay. That ass whooping's coming for somebody. But you know what? Just because nobody's answering doesn't mean that people won't be entertained. Because my promo video, my, not my promo video, my workout video, my, my training montage, that will debut if nobody answers my question. If nobody answers the open challenge. Believe we have a television title defense that is Phoenix defending against. I have no idea. You know what? Can I look this stuff up? I can look this stuff up. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Oh, no, these are past events. Never mind. It's past events. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting show to edit there, Daz. I hate to break it to you. All right. Um, Got to finish off. Again, there's a TV title defense. Can't tell you who's defending. It's Phoenix defending against somebody. Defending against somebody. Probably the winner of the Ring of Games. And then to finish it off... The most important of them all, the reason why we're all here, the reason why anybody is willing to hang on to my lovely uh, plugging of this card is because they want to see the sequel. They want to see blood versus blood. They want to see the cap versus the phoenix in a winner-take-it-all A.K.A. World Championship Match. Promo Mania is the better mania. And it'll be there on Wednesday. Or on Thursday. Fucking everything up. Fucking everything up. Let's get into AEW real quick. Quick, fast, in a hurry if they say... All Ego Ethan Page signs an extension. Late... 2021 he signed an extension last year my guess is his contract shall go probably with uh, like probably like a four-year extension three-year extension 
should be there for at least 2024, if not 2025. AEW making waves by gaining a partnership with DDT. That's right. Dramatic Dream Team. I'm just kidding. Uh, I can't forget. I can't remember at the moment what DDT stands for. But DDT is a very famous promotion in Japan that has held some great talents such as SEMA. Sammy Guevara has worked there a little bit. But it's most notably known for the place where Kota Ibushi and uh, Kenny Omega basically became best friends. It's where you've seen a lot of weird outdoor-style matches. It's also where you saw Kenny Omega wrestle a nine-year-old girl and Kota Ibushi wrestle a blow-up doll. If you're curious of where those lovely matches came from, it is DDT. So, a great partnership with them. I would not... Be, they have good talent at DDT. Just because they're wacky and entertaining doesn't mean that these guys don't work. Trust me, they work their asses off some of this stuff is very very entertaining and some of it is just good old-fashioned wrestling great stuff Paige Van Zant. Paige Van Zant has talked about or did talk about on the MMA hour of how she knew her career was going to take her towards either WWE or AEW she talked about how being a fan she's been a fan for a long time she's been a fan of both of them she started to watch both of them actually she was watching both of them but it was when she went down to the training center and just saw how things work she was like okay this is cool but then AEW kind of said you know, this is what they needed. They said what they needed to say, and they had all the right words to get me to come to AEW. So she fell in love more. I want to say, like, the going to the PC made her like the idea of actually doing work, in-ring work. And then when she saw what AEW's doing as far as, like, how they push people, you know, all that fun shit, she's like, I cannot miss out on this opportunity. So glad to hear it. I want to say... It's a non-exclusive full-time wrestling contract, and the re and the I'm sure that one of the reasons why she turned down WWE was because they wanted an exclusive, exclusive contract, which she wasn't about that life. And then I believe that means she also would have had to get rid of her OF, and and trust me, people are not down to get rid of the OF. AEW Dynamite last night. Pretty good show. Pretty good show. I've got some nitpicks. And, uh, oh yeah, let's just fucking jump into it. So, Colton Personality opened up the show. CM Punk versus Dax Hardwood. Now, I'm not mad about Kurt Personality being back. I just really like the AFI song. It's called Bittersweet. This match was fun, though. Dax Hardwood versus CM Punk was professional wrestling at its finest. I think I gave this match like a four. It was very, very good. Dax is a great worker. He's a great worker. And we already knew how CM Punk is. So it's just, it's, this was very, very good. It's a very, very good opener. It uh, got people on their feet. Dax did the whole, uh, it's like a uh, rope rebound powerbomb. I was like, that's awesome. I love that move. 
Um, Punk hits a couple uh, rising knee spots, tries to go for the GTS. Dax blocks it, uh, locks on the sharpshooter. Uh, Punk then transitions it into the Anaconda device and picks up the dub. So, Jericho Appreciation Society. With his fucking purple gloves and purple stuff. And he is all of a sudden like ripped again with his fucking old man abs and shit. So uh, it's supposed to be Jericho and Danny Garcia. And they're going to have a match against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So they show a picture of John Silver meeting Chris Jericho. Short haired Chris Jericho. And you know as a kid because that's what they like to do in these to build feuds, I guess, is just prove that these guys have been fans forever. But if it works, it works, right? Jericho says that, you know, tonight's a big night, or sorry, it's a big moment, and that, you know, he helps put people on a different level, but you're not on my level. Garcia comes in and says, pro wrestlers can never hang with sports entertainers like him and Jericho. And then Jericho addressed Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz by saying they're nowhere to be found. And they don't know if and when they're coming back, which I'm sure they will. So, Tornado Tag, the Hardys, Darby Allen, Sting versus Private Party, Butcher and Blade. Um, so, I'm going to, I got to admit this. I got to be real with myself. Got to be real with the fans. As much as I am not in love with the idea of having the Hardys back together. I'm like that guy that's like, I'm on here. Like, I, I got to do a TikTok of this. But it's like, I'm on here like, you know, fucking Matt Hardy sucks ass. You know, Jeff Hardy needs to fucking retire. But then all you hear is, doo -doo 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 -doo, and, I'm, and I'm over there. Like everybody else. Okay. Like everybody else. And if you don't, and if you fucking saying you're not doing it, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to me. And I mean, you ain't lying on me no more. Okay? That's the fucking truth. This, okay, so this fucking goddamn tornado tag was, I believe, also like a non-DQ tornado tag. Because they were fucking everywhere, man. Fucking everywhere. They were fighting on the stage. They were fighting in a crowd. They're fighting. I fucking uh, Andrade threw fucking Darby downstairs. They kept fighting. Fucking goddamn Jeff! I swear to God, every time he's like, "Hey, can I climb that thing and jump off of it?" They're like, "No, I'm gonna climb that thing and jump off of it." And so he climbs that thing and he jumped off of it. But at least they were fucking smart. AW and uh, the guys there, two tables laid out with the, uh, the fucking curtain, if you will. And a lot of cardboard boxes underneath. So the reality is, is neither table broke. <laughs> neither table broke. The boxes killed the impact, which is the fucking safest thing you could ever do. I mean, I'm not complaining. Why would you complain about safety with an old man? Uh, Sting botches the absolute fuck. Out of a cool, like, transition into a scorpion death drop. And then they get the win. Matt Hardy's bald spot is ridiculous. FTR backstage says they have the problem with the gun club. 
Cash says the gun club needs to earn respects. Uh, Dak says that they can't stand spoiled brats like the gun club. Says that they won't even call them the ass boys. Says Billy Sons. We'll see you next week. Top guys. Out. So I got to love all this stuff. Okay. Got to love all of this stuff right here from what's coming up next. Typing, thinking, and doing a podcast all at the same time are not going to mix. Daz, you have your work cut out for you, Haas and Franz. Varsity Blondes versus Mox and Brian Danielson. Of course, you had a fun, lovely, <laughs> nice. William Regal on commentary is fantastic. He walks up. Jim Ross. Tony Schiavone. Man with a mask. Dead. Fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. I already loved it. They beat the shit out of these guys. I'm not even going to go into the death of these two men. Uh, Brian Pillman got clotheslined so hard by Moxley's forearm to his fucking throat. It's just fucking brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, they beat the shit out of him. Uh, Mox grabs the mic at the end of the match and he talks about how he had to earn his respect with William Regal by, you know, blood, sweat, tears there in the Blackpool, in Blackpool, I forget whatever, it's like the wrestling academy that they were at, the one that, uh, Regal held. And then of course, you know, Brian doesn't talk at all during this whole thing, but Mox includes him because, you know, that's where they did train together. He says, we ain't giving out free passes. You need to reach down deep in your soul and find a place where you love pain. He's like, we are the Blackpool Combat Club, and the only way is the hard way. So the Blackpool Combat Club, the BCC, I don't know if I hate it or not. It's just, I feel like it's a little extra. I feel like it's a little extra. And I'm already starting to kind of get the feeling that maybe Mox and uh, B-Dry are being a little wasted doing this. But then again, then again, then again, I think I said the same thing with Kenny and Hangman. Just saying. Just saying. MJF speaks. Literally absolute doucher. Uh, I, I've been hearing a lot of weird shit from people lately saying dumb things like MGF was better in MLW. He does too much to get easy heat. And then I'm like thinking to myself and I'm thinking of history and I'm like, you do understand that this is how they got heat back in like the 60s, back in like the 70s and 80s. Right? Like, this is how you got real heat. You insulted people. You used the cheap heat route to your advantage. You knew how to play the system. So, again, 
what the fuck? He's not doing anything wrong. MJF comes to the ring. Sean Spears, security detail, the whole fucking nine yards. Sitting there, grabs the mic. Says that he's going to call Wardlow pig from now on. People, you know, giant Wardlow chants. This Texas crowd was awesome. Giant Wardlow chants. And he just fucking rips them a, a new one saying, you know, like, you know, you cost me, you know, something very important to me. I was, you know, I told you you could keep your TNT title shot. I meant that. But because you did what you did, I'm going to make you suffer. You know, he's, he fucking, he got to the point where he said that his, that, you know, Wardlaw had signed a deal with the devil. You know, you didn't sign a deal with AEW, you signed a deal with the devil. And my deals are ironclad. And if he wants, he could go over to his house and kick his skank mother out and all this other stuff. And Wardlow's like, motherfucker, you don't talk about my mama. And he beelines towards the ring and he fucking starts manhandling dudes. It takes 12 individuals, 12 grown ass men to hold this one man back. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. So MJF finishes by saying he's going to keep paying Wardlow. Don't worry about getting your checks. I'll keep paying you week after week. But I'm going to pay you to stay home. So I don't know if that means we're not going to see Wardlow for at least a couple of weeks. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. He did. Uh, MJ also, MJF also did mention that the pinnacle is not over. So. Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal should have been the fucking main event, and I will not tell anybody any different. It was really fucking good, and it was a lot better. A lot better than the main. We had, let's see here, Adam Cole ends up picking up the victory. He grabs a mic, says that he's the one that deserves to be AEW champion. Paige is scared of him, blah, 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 blah. You know, if he had the guts, he'd come down here and take us on three on one. So what does this fucking cowboy do? Because he's got more guts than brains. He hits the fucking ring. And he stands there toe-to-toe with these fucking three nerds, and he doesn't give a shit. And so he takes his belt off, and he starts whipping them people. You know, it's because he needs some sort of an equalizer. Well, it's not enough. All of a sudden, uh, they get beat, you know, they're beating him down, but uh, it's Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage all making the save. We get a little bit of a hype video for Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes on Rampage. I believe the last time they wrestled was, like, in the peak of the pandemic. Because they kept showing like highlight videos, and it literally looked looked like, and I was like, "Where in the fuck are they?" And I remember, ooh, excuse me, and I remember that uh, they did, uh, I want to say like a lot, of, uh, more than a handful of shows at QT School, and that was one of those ones there. So Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti come out. They're in the ring. You know, Sammy says that, you know, he's going to, 
you know, he, 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 he appreciates the fans' appreciation, all that stuff. Uh, but uh, ever since last week where he got beat up and Tay got beat up, they want payback. You know, Paige Van Zandt would get her ass kicked just like in her MMA career. All of a sudden, Dan, uh, Dan Lambert comes out with uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page. Puts up American, puts over American Top Team, obviously. Uh, puts over Paige, Sky, Van Zant, uh, insults Guevara and Conti. You know, says like, "Oh, you guys want a match? You guys want a match? How about uh, never?" And so, obviously, downplay the shit balls out of that. Um, I mean, it. It was just all right, back and forth. The best part is though, is when Dan when Dan Lambert was like, "You can kiss that match opportunity goodbye," and he grabs the belt and he goes, eh, "Big old McSmoocher," and fucking they cut to to Sammy and um and Tay and she's like, they're like, "Dude, if you knew what we did on that fucking belt, <laughs> now we don't live just in your head, we live in your mouth." And he's like disgusted and throws the belt down. And I'm like, if this is how they're going to get rid of that second belt, it's hilarious. And I like it. No, he's dragging it behind him like a fucking gross. And I'm like, he finna go lick that thing. He gonna lick the shit out of that belt. And then <laughs> I want to say like maybe a couple hours later, maybe a couple hours later, there's a, a, a steamy Twitter picture from Tay Conti up on, uh, on Twitter. I was about to say, and, um, it's it's hurting Sammy laying naked in a bed with a fucking belt covering the private pouch. Oh god, these guys have been fucking hilarious. Oh, legit Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, dude, TK, brother. I know you're TSK, and I know you've dabbled in the show a tad bit. Red Velvet will not get over. She will not get over. She is not talented enough. Uh, she 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 is a fucking carbon copy. Release her. Allow her to sign with NXT because that's exactly what will happen. And let her get fired from there. She's bad. Bad, bad. She's overly confident. And then when she fucks up, she's like, but why? I mean, this was an absolute piss break of a match. Uh, Layla Hirsch only won because she went under the ring to grab the turnbuckle. And Bryce is like, hey, give me that. And so she already had like another piece of the turnbuckle in like the back of her shorts. And she fucking hits fucking homegirl with it, throws it out of the ring, and then just yells, Bryce. So the fucking guy turns around like, why are you yelling at me? And just fucking walks over there. I guess I'll count. And then counts. And that's the win. Geek of the fucking week. Hit the music. Pencil neck geek. Gritty freak. Scum sucking beard with a lousy physique. He's a one man no cut losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. Geek of the motherfucking week goes to goddamn Bryce, the referee AEW. Why in the dumb shit are you such dumb shit sometimes? Like, 
you <laughs> you take the thing away from homegirl and then you're like how the hell did you beat her so fast like you literally like was like the most clueless idiot in the world of clueless idiots and i understand you're meant to be that guy but hot damn bro hot damn that's no bueno geek of the week bryce this is a repeat offender bryce repeat offender uh, Jade Cargill backstage. She says she wants a giant uh, celebration when she gets to 30 and 0. Is what it is. Uh, Thunder Rosa comes out. You know, she's uh, from Texas, obviously Hispanic. And um, she's out there to kind of like just, you know, Thank everybody for having her back. And, you know, I can't believe I did it. And, you know, the champion moment. And she gets like four and a half, maybe four four words in, not even sentences in. And then all you hear is, excuse me. And her face is like, andale, puta madre. And she's just disgusted. And all of a sudden, then fucking Vicky's doing her fucking spiel. And this is where things got weird for me. This was really dis I wouldn't go as far as distasteful as some people would call it, but this was really dumb. She fucking tells uh Vicuro tells Thunder Rosa to take her fake Texas ass and her fake green card and like get out of here. And I'm like, What? I'm like, did you make a fucking racist like Mexican joke when you're fucking Mexican? When you married Mr. Metzkin. Mr. Senor Latino Heat. You know? When, when this motherfucker had goddamn lie, cheat, and steal on his shirts. And you're going to crack me- like hate, t- unta- tasteless Mexican jokes? You're Mexican. I don't like this. It's stupid. Stupid. Nyla Rose came out and fucking whipped her ass. Stupid. You know what? Fucking, they need to be Geek of the Week. Maybe I should change it. Ah, it's fucking too late. Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, John Silver, Alex Reynolds. It was alright. I'm not gonna lie. It just did not have that oomph. You know what I mean? That I was kind of hoping for. Out of a fucking uh, title match. Yeah, but I guess it is what it is. It's just, I... I jai jai, my main. I jai jai. Before I get out of here, I want to go through this card. This is the manias for next week. This is the one that matters. Iron Bake is on the pre-launch show. Daniel Crimmins against Moses Marquez, this guy, against Travis the Walker Anderson. Anderson. Again, this is for the Iron Bank contract. The Iron Bank contract allows you to be able to cash in on any champion at any time for up to one full year. There will be a ring of games, a mini ring of games for a future television title shot. It is me. Travis Walker Anderson, Chad Malcolm, the lawyer, and Beer, the return of Beer, 
one of the old school retro, no, sorry, or the retro trivia guys, if you will. We also have a knowledge title defense. Phoenix will be defending against one of the pioneers of the trivia division, Kenny Killa, who's, by the way, making his return to Max Wrestling on the biggest stage of them all. The challenge has been set. The date has been made. Training is complete. And a montage is coming your way. Unless somebody, anybody, with a set of cojones can step up to my open challenge. It is still unanswered. And I am still awaiting anybody to step up or get stepped on. Contract negotiations. Between the goddamn lawyer, Chad Malcolm, and his client, Travis Anderson. Mediation provided by Max Wrestling UK. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, your main event. The cinematic sequel. The one we've all been waiting for. The Captain. The Phoenix. Blood vs. Blood. Part two. Part two. That is your promo mania. And ladies and gentlemen, before I get into the finishing rambles of this fantastic show, this is your wrestler of the week. Your wrestler of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is technically a professional wrestler. But however, he didn't have a match on a Raw on a SmackDown. He didn't have a match on a Darker, a Rampage, or a Dynamite. This week, your wrestler of the week goes to the now two-time NCAA heavyweight champion, Gable Steveson. You, sir. Congratulations. Absolute stud. Absolute stud. Can't wait for his run. They better not fuck it up, or I'm coming for somebody's kneecaps. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Your week is complete, as they say. So thank you for spending your Thursdays with us. You know where to find us at Max Wrestling UK on Twitter and Captain Five, the Captain Five One Two, and at SMR Pod Net. Once again, you can always check out our fantastic website, MaxWrestling.net. You can get your podcast from there. You can look at all the past trivia stuff, the championship stuff. It's a very elaborate site. You should absolutely check it out. And for you pencil neck geeks who give a damn, listen up, because check this out: Bolt Rant. It's coming hot, heavy, hot, heavy. Three episodes. One, two, three drop tomorrow. One, two, three drops tomorrow. I'm going free agency. There's big needs for the Chargers. Big, big needs for the Chargers. I'm free agency happy right now. We got some cheap options. We got some expensive options. We got to talk the draft. But I'm doing it in two ways. I'm doing it in a way where I can talk about guys that I really think will be impactful to the team 
And I'm going to have a bonus episode. This is the third episode. A bonus episode of guys we can draft that would not only be impactful, but maybe you, maybe that's the position you're saying, oh, we have too many guys there. Maybe the addition of a speedy wide receiver isn't appeasing to you, but it is to me. The only way to know for sure is by listening when they drop tomorrow on the Smart Mark Radio podcast platform. Or you can get that on Spotify, just like you can get this show, Spotify, Twitter, or Instagram. I don't think you can get it on Instagram. You can get it on YouTube, though. YouTube.com forward slash Max Wrestling. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Join us next motherfucking week for Promo Mania. It's going to be the biggest episode in Max Wrestling's history, preferably. And after that, sky's the limit, baby. But before Thursday, coming Tuesday, join us for the Iron Bank Challenge, where I will walk away with one more piece to my puzzle and complete my eventual... I guess, uh, Rolodex, if you will, of accomplishments. You've been watching, not the cap, but the mo. Goodbye. Mwah. Good nights. Congrats again, Daz. <laughs>